0: The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast.
1: I got to have a conversation with Ryan Pace after practice today. It was actually pretty funny, well, because I asked him for a picture and he walked up and he goes, Greg, right? And I was like, oh shit, here we go.
0: Greg Braggs, what's up? You just got back from Bears training camp. You've been there for a lot lately, so how's that been? How's that uh, being out there?
1: It's a lot of fun. You know, I mean, it's a longer drive than Bourbonnet. You know, I was uh, had had all my routine down going to Bourbonnet 25 minutes from my house and knew where to park, knew how to get in. Uh, you know, I'm fighting over 10,000 fans for seats. Now, when you go to Hallis Hall, it's only like 1,000 fans there, sometimes less, you know, because they've been having trouble filling the thousand fan allotment here these first few days. But yeah, I've been able to go about four or five times, including Family Fest at Soldier Field. And it's been a lot of fun, you know, being at House Hall. I've never been there before. And, uh, you know, it's an experience as a fan. You know, you always want to go there, but you you, you only can go if you know someone. But now they're letting fans come to training camp. So walking on the campus, you know, you kind of the first time you're there, you kind of get butterflies, you know, just as a fan excited to be there. And you know training camp's just a fun time to be around the team too because you know you're always hopeful for a great season and you know now with this new quarterback Justin Fields everybody's got Fields jerseys on it's you know uh it's just a new fresh feeling with this team and 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 a and a, and a welcomed one you know after the last couple of years of 500 football
0: yeah and you're in a new house now right so uh yeah. how how far uh, how far of a drive is it now from the new house
1: Well, depending on what the traffic's like, you know, anywhere between an hour and a half to two hours this morning, Sunday morning traffic, nobody was on the road. So it only took a little, you know, just about an hour and 10 minutes. So that was great. But like on a normal day, you know, on a weekday, you know, when there's normal traffic, it takes every bit of two hours, you know, you're going all the way through Chicago. Sometimes you got to go around it, you know, over by the airport at O'Hare, you know, they'll take you that way on the GPS, but. Uh, Definitely a longer commute. So it takes a little more of a commitment to do it, at least from from where I live. But I know there's some fans it's closer for now. So, you know, that's the benefit for them. But, you know, anytime I have an opportunity to go, you know, I'm going to be there.
0: You go every year, right? Or have you ever not been?
1: Yeah, ever since I started going to Bourbon A in early 2000 it was like 2001 or 2002. Yeah, I've been there every year. And every year I'd go more and more and more to the point where it became like where I'd go every try to go to every practice you know obviously I have a job at Bricklay so you know I go when I can fortunately I have a boss that's pretty cool about things he knows what I do so you know he's pretty lenient as long as I'm not screwing over the crew you know as far as being able to go but you know I annoy him just as much as I annoy the people on Twitter so he don't mind when I leave to go to Bourbon or to train like, get the hell out of here bear boy (laughs) that's what he'll say to me
0: (laughs) is, is he a Bears fan
1: yeah, he's a Bears fan. He, You know, they're the old timers. They like to hate. So yeah. we always get into $5. We call them Bears bucks. And he'll always bet against the Bears. And I always bet on them. So, you know, whoever wins or loses, somebody wins five bucks mm-hmm. after each Sunday.
0: So talk about training camp. You've been putting up a ton of videos. I I keep seeing it on my Twitter timeline. People are like, "Man, I'm paraphrasing, but they're like, Brags is the man." All these videos and giving us an inside look. So how's it been for you? Uh, you know, being able to get all these videos and just talk about what you've seen—the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. Bears training camp. Bears season's about uh, around the corner now.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's cool to see the feedback from people i i was able to do video at family fest so you know when you're at house hall there's no video allowed and they make that abundantly clear with the 900 signs they have around campus that say no videos allowed and they basically made that uh, rule because of me it, you know in years past at bourbon I would film every play and put it on twitter and that's kind of where all this started as far as my coverage into sports so a lot of people just know me for being the training camp guy per se. So I try to play by the rules when it comes to being at House Hall and just take still pictures and try to paint a picture that way and, and leave a caption. And it's been fun to see the fans feedback with everything. I know a lot of people appreciate what I try to do and I'm just having fun. I'm just a bricklayer with a phone. That's what I try to tell people. I'm a fan in the stands. You know, that's why I call my show Braggs in the stands because that's who I am. I'm a guy that likes to be at the game. Or be at the event. I went to training camp this morning. I'm leaving in an hour and a half to go to the Cubs game with my buddy Johnny B, who's a part of my show. So the train never stops rolling over here. And, uh, yeah, as far as being at training camp and seeing the team, it's been a lot of fun. You know, uh, like I said, it's a fresh feeling, not just off the field with the fan base, but the team itself to have Justin Fields out there taking second team reps. You got Andy Dalton, you know, obviously the veteran. You don't have to deal with Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky anymore. Those stories are gone. It's now about the future of Justin Fields. And Andy is palatable as far as a veteran quarterback. I'm not as big on him maybe as others, but he's not Mike Glennon. So you're seeing structured offense. You know, this time of year, they're not running the ball. So you don't really get too much of a takeaway in that regard. But. You know, today, for instance, Justin Fields had just an amazing play where he was pushed out of the pocket to the left, falling left, and maybe a guy like Mitch Trubisky would have just taken off and ran with it instead of trying to keep his eyes downfield and, and look for the touchdown pass. Justin kept his eyes downfield. Riley Ridley was getting covered up at the goal line, and he was able to get just a little bit of separation to the back of the end zone. And Justin Fields threw a side pass to him and hit him right on the numbers for a touchdown. And that's big time. Like, that was one of the best plays I've seen from him yet. You know, did uh, the, the day, uh, a couple days ago when I was there, it was an aerial assault, you know, 50-yard bombs for touchdowns, which that's what everybody, when they go to training camp, they want to see. They want to see the fireworks show, right? Yep. You know, everybody, you know, in Jay, the Jay Cutler days, he'd be airing it out to Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. And, you know, the oohs and the ahs come from those plays. You know, you're not, like I said, it's not like, the late nineties or eighties when they do two a days and they're smashing each other. This is guys kind of just, I don't want to say going through the motions, but it's mostly about passing, right. And, and fun working on your fundamentals. You're not getting too much from the run game this time of year. So, you know, it's certainly interesting to see guys like Marquise Goodwin, a new guy from the San Francisco 49ers has a lot of speed. Darnell Mooney had a one handed catch for a touchdown a couple days ago. That was beautiful. Uh, you know, Riley Ridley and, and Javon Wims who have been on this team for a few years. It looks like they're battling over a roster spot, in my opinion, because you got a lot of these new faces. Uh, Rodney Adams and John Vea Johnson and all these different names kind of being thrown at it. So those are interesting. Tight end. Uh, Cole Komet looking really good. So, you know, there's that. You know, David Montgomery looks good. But like I said, they, they, they don't work the running game too hard this time of year. They're not smashing guys. So. You know who David Montgomery is, but it's not like it's been standout. Their rookie running back, Khalil Herbert, he certainly looks the part. He's a big boy who got a little who's got a little speed. Damian Williams, another running back they picked up from the Kansas City Chiefs, looks really interesting. So they've got some interesting parts on offense. And you know, it's just a matter of when Justin Fields will be ready to start. That's the question that everybody asks. I got to have a conversation with Ryan Pace after practice today. It was actually pretty funny, Will, because I asked him for a picture, and he walked up and he goes, "Greg, right?" And I was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" Like he knew who I was, which totally threw me off. I was like, "Ah, that kind of scares me a little bit, Ryan. You know who I am?" He's like, "Nah, it's all good, man. You know, I appreciate what you do, you know, with the, for the team and and things like that." And we had a nice jovial conversation. I was kind of grilling him about. Uh, how, how many how many reps Justin Fields is going to get in these preseason games? Because I think it's key right now he's not getting any first-team reps. Andy Dalton's getting all the first-team reps. And I just feel like if Justin Fields is going to start this season at some point, which I think everyone believes he will, it would only help him to get some reps with Allen Robinson, with Darnell Mooney, with Marquise Goodwin, with Cole Komet, with Jimmy Graham – which he really hasn't up until this point. He's working with the second team exclusively, which is a lot of guys that probably won't make this team. So it'll be interesting to see how many, how much playing time he gets in the first and second preseason game. First one coming up in six days against the Miami Dolphins.
0: What did Pace say when you asked him that? He said, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. And I
1: was like, yeah, I, you know, I could understand. I, you know, rebuttal told me, I can understand the injury concern but at the same time, you know, he's your franchise. He's the future of your team. And, you know, the preseason is, you know, not, you know, not where you'd want to see anything happen to a guy. But you can't protect these guys and put baby gloves on them. You got to have them go out there if you want him to have any kind of continuity with these players. I mean, they work on the side. But as far as live bullets, he's got to be able to do that, you know, in the preseason. that It only stands to reason. So, I think they're going to be cautious, but at the same time, I do think they're going to put them out there. It's just a matter of for how long. So that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, I think uh, on Twitter sometime last week, I think I saw where you thought – or your your projection was that Fields would start week three, right?
1: Week, I got the week wrong and the team right. I believe it'll be week four against Detroit at home. They play the – Rams week one, Sunday night football. Then they've got the Bengals at home week two, and then the Browns on the road week three. And then I believe by week four against Detroit at home, I think that's a perfect spot to bring them in. You're not going to bring them in week three against the Browns on the road. That's a tough environment. You wouldn't want to bring him in week five on the road at Las Vegas against the Raiders. That's another tough environment. Weeks one and two feel rushed, even though I would do it personally. So week four, the Lions, we always handle the Lions, right? It's on the lakefront. It's given the offense three weeks to three games to kind of come together as an offensive line because that's the other half of this equation. It's not just about when is Justin Fields ready because he may very well be ready to go right now. And I know there's some guys on Twitter that I talk to all the time. It's one guy named Chubbs who you may have had conversations with. He, he wants him to start right away. And I get that. I get, I get that feeling. But – with the offensive line and so many injuries going on right now, Tevin Jenkins hasn't taken a snap, Larry Borum's in concussion protocol. They just brought a couple guys off the street to help fill roster spots. And it's, it, it, you know, the offensive line is the biggest concern right now because they're not healthy. So, you know, to throw Justin Fields into the fire, you know, week one without having really known what the offensive line is. And again, like I said, The running game hasn't really gotten going because they don't work that as hard in training camp. You know, they will get a little time in the preseason. But get those things going, then bring Justin Fields into a situation where it's not all on him to get it all figured out. Get some things figured out, then bring him in to a more comfortable situation. But I wouldn't wait too long. This guy's the real deal. He's got a high pedigree of talent. He's extremely intelligent. You're seeing him after plays you know, talking to receivers about what, where he wants them. And, you know, everything's going to be compared to Mitch going forward. Those are things Mitch really didn't do. You know, he was a good leader, um, you know, liked by his teammates, but I wouldn't necessarily say after certain plays where things didn't go right, he would immediately run up to a receiver and go, this is what I want you to do right here. I don't think he had that kind of confidence and Justin Fields does because he's played in national championships. He has played in big time games. So, You know, I I do think that this guy is ready for it. It's just a matter of what game and Yeah, I'm choosing week four against Detroit. It's a perfect spot.
0: This is great because you're already answering a lot of my questions. So uh, it sounds like if the offensive line was healthy, if certain things were already set up kind of in place for the team as you know, right now, You would have, you would start fields against the Rams, or would you rather see him? Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, I know a lot of people want to see him start. But like you said, the offensive line, Tevin Jenkins is, he hasn't, has he had, he hasn't had any practice yet, right? He's been out this whole time. So he's been out the whole time.
1: And he's a rookie. Even if he wasn't out this whole time, he's still a rookie. Who has to learn to play that position? We all know the blind side. They made a movie about it. It's an important position. <laughs> so, you know, they got to get that figured out. The interior of the line seems like it's settled with James Daniels, who's also hurt right now. He didn't practice today. Sam Mustafer and Cody Whitehair. Those guys are going to hold it down on the inside. But then on the other side, Jermaine Effetti, another guy that hasn't practiced yet. I mean, he's a veteran, so you know what you're going to get from him but he's the guy that's supposed to be on the right side. Haven't seen anything of him. So you're talking about both tackle positions still up in the air, still trying to get those healthy. It probably would not be as much as it frustrates me because it's week one, Sunday night football, bears, Rams, primetime game. We all want Justin Fields to play in that game, but is that the smartest way to bring him in? And it probably isn't as frustrating as that is that is to say, but You also have an extra game in the regular season. Now you move from 16 games to 17 games and there's an extra team that makes the playoffs in each conference. So you have a little bit of an extra window now, if you still want to compete. And I think there's a lot of fans that, you know, there's some fans like, Oh, this is a developmental year. I do not sign off on those kind of thoughts. This is, this is about, you know, um, being able to get the most out of every year you possibly can. Yeah, and I just don't co-sign on developmental years. Every year is an opportunity to do something great, you know, and and so anybody that thinks this is just a throwaway year and it doesn't matter how many games field starts, I disagree with that. You know, the Bears could just as easily make the playoffs as they did last year, and then if they do, now you're getting playoff experience from Justin Fields. If you look back at Russell Wilson's, you know, um, climb to the top of the NFL his rookie year, they made it to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. They almost won, I believe, their second playoff game. And and that helped because then in their second year, they won the Super Bowl. You need that kind of experience if you're going to make that huge leap. It's silly to me, any fan that's just like, oh, it doesn't matter if field starts at all this year. No way, Jose. It's, you know, get him in as soon as it's cor- the, the right time. But. It isn't about you know you know developmental years. They they're ready to go. They have a team that's surrounding him that's ready to go. Yeah, they got to get the left tackle, the rookie left tackle, and the rookie QB on the right track, ready for the NFL speed of the game. But to me, there is no throwaway
0: years in the NFL. Anything can happen. I know we haven't had a preseason game yet, but uh, just based on what you've seen, because you've been there in person a lot. So Jimmy Graham said that Fields reminds him of Russell Wilson. I know that's like that's high praise, but do you kind of uh can you kind of fall in line with that, or just based on what you've seen of Fields, or is it just kind of like, wow, that's just super high praise already?
1: Yeah, I mean, throwing style, I don't know if it's exactly the same, you know, but just demeanor and 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 knowing. His pedigree of talent, I just think that that's maybe where he's coming from. I mean, he's made some amazing throws. I don't think he's shown us half of what he's capable of in in these practices yet. He's had some amazing throws, but you know, uh, Mahomes level or or Russell Wilson level, we still haven't seen all of that. And I think we might during these preseason games because he's capable and he might be a gamer when the light comes on he might just start balling out, you know, and that's what happened to Russell Wilson his rookie year. You know, they had a guy, Matt Flynn, as their veteran quarterback, and then Russell Wilson came in and lit their hair on fire in the preseason. They're like, we got to start this, dude, or the team's going to kill us. So, you know, that could very well be something that happens where you just see it on TV. You know, it's hard at training camp. They don't tackle really all that much. They don't sack the quarterback ever, even if they are live tackling like they did for a few sessions today. So, you know, it's just so hard to gauge. You know, we I've been down this road. I get all hyped up at camp about players. Mitch Trubisky would ball out at camp and throw six or seven bombs for touchdowns to guys like Tanner Gentry. And, you, you know, as a Bears fan, you're not used to that vertical passing game. We don't see that ever. So when you see it, even when it's in shells at camp, you get excited. So, yeah, we've seen that stuff here. But I just maybe I think what Jimmy's talking about is just the way he carries himself. Like I was saying earlier, when he talks to the other players about where they need to be, that leadership mentality beyond appeasing the fans. You see him high-fiving all the fans at Family Fest. That's something Russell Wilson's really good about just understanding that he's the face of the franchise. You know, Mitch was good at that stuff too, but it's also the on the field leadership as well. And I think that's where Justin Fields separates himself from a guy like Mitch. As I said, it's going to be a constant comparison of Mitch to Fields since fields took that, you know, role of being the young franchise quarterback. So, you know, I definitely think that that's where Jimmy Graham's coming from in that regard. Now, Throwing style, I don't, you know, I think Justin kind of has a different type of arm angle. You know, Russell Wilson throws those uh, Hail Mary kind of lollipop bombs. You know, they have that huge arc to them when he throws like a 60-yard touchdown pass. It has like a huge arc to it. You know, Justin Fields has a little more zip on his pass. They're a little more straight line, frozen ropes. That's kind of what they look like coming out of his hand. They're rockets. And he throws from so many different arm angles, sidearm throws, you know, uh, it's just a lot of different arm angles. It'll be really interesting to see what he does in these preseason games. But I just think in that regard, Jimmy Graham's talking about just the way he carries himself. Not just that, obviously, he has a high pedigree of talent as well.
0: Did you think it was weird when Matt Nagy, basically was like, we're not promising anything to anybody, but Dalton's our starter and Fields has nothing. He can't do anything to win the job. Like, did you think that was kind of weird? Or do you uh, see where he's coming from with that?
1: No, I mean, even if he was in the back of his head saying there's this 5% chance that Fields could win the job and I'll give it to him. I don't think he would ever say anything like that because now you're getting the fan base hyped up for nothing. You know, Justin Fields maybe get ideas in his head that may possibly not be there as my daughter's banging her feet upstairs. But, you know, I, I just think that's the smartest thing to to say at that point because that lets all the guards down for Justin and lets him just come into his own comfortably without added pressure. You know, even if there was a chance of him giving the job, why not just say something like that? Andy Dalton's a veteran. Justin knows his place now as the rookie, and if something were an audible were to be called, you know, in football terms, so so be it. But then you're not you're not getting people's hopes up, players or fans included.
0: I think Addy wanted to uh, put her input in about that quarterback scenario, but you know, I think yeah.
1: She wants I just Fields think it's, to start. Yeah,
0: I just think it was. It would have been so easy to just say, look, Dalton is our guy right now and we'll evaluate, or not even that, don't even put the right now in there. Just say Dalton's our guy, we'll evaluate things as they come. We have to play games. He could have just done it that easily. Instead, right. it was, he's our guy. I didn't promise anything to anybody, but he's a, he is our guy and he's going to start. And it's like, well, you promised, you essentially promised him. Don't say one thing and then do the other. So right. how do you feel about Nagy and the staff Properly developing fields and other guys in general. Do you you still have confidence in Nagy?
1: Uh, You know, Pace won himself, you know, a lot of fans back with the way he handled the draft. And Nagy does deserve some credit because they work hand in hand in identifying who they want on this team. But Pace certainly deserves a lot of credit in that being patient and letting Justin Fields fall to the right spot where he didn't have to give up so much equity for Justin Fields. So I think he won some fans back, but Nagy still has a lot to prove. And I like Matt Nagy. I root for Matt Nagy just as much as I root for any player that's been on this team or is is on this team. But, you know, I do think Matt Nagy still has a lot to prove. And this is obviously the biggest final test for him with Justin Fields. And if he can't get this right, he will be shown the door, you know, and and when it comes to running a consistent offense, a balanced offense. You know, I talked to the offensive line coach um, uh, just a couple days ago, Juan Castillo, and he was saying that, you know, they really found something last year at the end of last year and people uh, with, with the kind of balanced running attack and playing off of the running attack and play action, bootleg, the floods and a lot of fans and and analysts and, and people were saying, well, You know, they did that to dumb it down for Mitch Trubisky and he couldn't run what Matt Nagy wants to run. And that's why they were running this offense. But, you know, it seems to me just talking to guys like Juan Castillo, they want that kind of an offense for this team because then it doesn't put as much pressure on any quarterback. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, what pedigree talent he has. You should have balance. You should counter off of those runs to throw the defense off. And Matt Nagy, I think it took him a few years to learn those things and it took, you know, a six-game losing streak with Nick Foles, a guy he handpicked to come here and run his offense and it didn't work. And then for him to put the playbook down, let Bill Lazor call the plays, then all of a sudden the offense started to play better, albeit against lesser talented teams which people tried to write off and say that that was why, but I believe the offense you saw in those last few weeks is the offense they're going to run this season with Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. So I think Matt Nagy has to prove that he's committed to that if he is going to take the playbook back from Bill Lazor. He can't, you know, his first instinct is to throw, you know, and it always turns into 50 throws a game when he starts to panic and they're losing instead of sticking to the run. You know, he's had a few bad sound bites in the past. You know, one time when they ran a franchise record low in a game, only seven rushing attempts and two of those were jet sweeps. He said to the media after the game, I didn't come here to run the I formation all defiantly. Well, Matt, the I formation is a big part of football. You're not re- you're not you're not, you know, uh, recreating the wheel here. So, you know, for him to not understand the importance of running the I formation and not sticking to it when you're down is something he needs to learn, you know, and and there's been other instances where he's shown, I mean, the, how many times did they throw those pitches to Cordero Patterson on third and short? And you have David Montgomery, a horse sitting on the sideline while he's doing this stuff. You know, those are things that that give me concern and Matt Nagy still has to learn to run that balanced offense, to put his quarterback in the best position to win. And then if they do build off that foundation and your quarterback gets better and better, then you elevate his responsibility of how much he does in the offense, not just trying to throw the whole kit and caboodle at him right away. And, and so You know, in that regard, yeah, I'm sure Matt can groom a quarterback. He played quarterback. You know, he was part of the decision makers that brought Patrick Mahomes to the Chiefs. So he's not an idiot, but I just think he's – he kind of puts the cart before the horse sometimes in regards to making sure the development of the quarterback is – done properly. I think he gets a little too excited sometimes cuz his instinct is to throw. He wants to throw. He wants to air it out. So, we'll see if he can stay disciplined and put his team in the best position to win, specifically the offense.
0: Do you think that Nagy, Pace are on the hot seat or not just because they're they're so defiant in saying, "Hey, Andy Dalton's our guy." So, basically it would be like, "Okay, everybody wants to go with Fields." assuming he does start at some point this season, let's say they missed the playoffs or maybe they do get in, but if they, you know, maybe people will say, well, if feels had started, they would have maybe won a few more games. So would you say that you're pretty confident that both pace and Nagel will be back next season also?
1: I think P- pace has bought himself a couple years for sure. Minimum with what he did getting Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. He righted the Deshaun Watson wrong. Correct. he, You know, 2017 to this year was the reverse. It was This draft was the reverse Watson. I'm not going to blame these guys for not drafting Patrick Mahomes, too. They traded up, and everyone thought they would draft Deshaun Watson, a guy that had been in national championships, a guy with a high pedigree of talent, and they passed on him for a guy that was a project that had only played one year as a starter in college. And he righted that wrong by getting the reverse Watson draft being the team that's waiting at 11, being the team that let the player that had played in national championships, high pedigree of talent, fall to him and draft him. So Ryan Pace has bought himself multiple years with showing what he's all about in this draft. I told him as much today. I told him congratulations on the the draft that he had because he deserves it. He, you know, he's staring down the barrel of losing his job. He could have traded the whole farm for Russell Wilson. There were reports about that. He could have traded the whole farm for Deshaun Watson. There were reports on that. But he stood pat. He waited till the draft. His buddy, David Gettleman, hooked him up with the 11th pick. He hopped in front of the Minnesota Vikings and was able to snag potentially a franchise quarterback, potentially maybe a guy that could end up being the greatest quarterback in franchise history. Let's hope it's not a high bar to pass in regards to Chicago Bears. Now, Matt Nagy. It's a totally different story. Do I think he might have a year and then going into next year it'd be a hotter seat if things didn't work out? Yeah, I could see that just because when does Justin Fields come in? How does the offense look? You could pawn it off on saying, well, these are rookie hiccups and and learning curves that you have to go through. But if Justin Fields shows he's the real deal and makes all these outstanding throws and Matt Nagy's still calling boneheaded third and one Running plays to you got David Montgomery and all and, and all these new running backs, Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert, but he's pitching it to a wide receiver on third and one on a jet sweep. You know those are the things that are still going to have fans fired up and going, "Oh, you are the problem, Matt." You know that's what will tur- it'll turn into because you're not going to blame it on Justin Fields anymore. You're not going to blame it on these players. That's what they, that's what that the the excuses are now gone for Matt Nagy. He's doesn't have, he's ran out of them now. So he might have a year of time, but he has to show significant improvement as a head coach to continue to get off of that hot seat. I don't think it's that hot right now, but it's warm and he has to show some things. You know, I think they have all the confidence in him as an organization being Matt Nagy, but You know, like I said, if this offense continues to be inconsistent and and we get these silly run plays and situational, you know, clutch downs, yeah, I do think the arrows will then turn right back at Matt Nagy, you know, and he can't sound like an erratic, crazy person when the game's over in the press conference because they didn't win. He has to have thoughtful... Uh, you know, um, remarks about where his decision making was, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. And I'm rooting like hell for him. I think he's been a, a great addition to the Bears. He turned the Bears were a boring doldrum team before Matt Nagy showed up. And then since he's been here, they've been to the playoffs twice. I know it hasn't been pretty but club dub and and rejuvenation of a franchise. They hadn't made the playoffs in like 10 years prior to him getting here. So, you know, he's not a slouch. He He showed his humility by giving up the playbook at the end of last year to see if something would change. It did. So he shows that he can be introspective, but at some point he has to show improvement or the arrows will continue to come his way.
0: Yeah, Nagy is always good for a good word salad. Sometimes he'll get on like ESPN 1000, I'll hear these interview sound bites, and I'm just like, he is saying a lot to say really not much at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Nagy loves himself some Nagy. Me and Nagy can talk quite a bit. And uh, so, you know, that's that's definitely part of it. You know, you see Nagy in his war room at his house, and he has all the play sheets from 2018 on the wall. I mean, that kind of peels back the psychology onion of Matt Nagy he's definitely proud of who he is as a coach and maybe sometimes can get a little overconfident so that's where he you know that's why I thought last year giving up the playbook showing that humility might have been great for him but you know he can't continue to have these you know momentary lapses of judgment he has to you know, be focused and and have a good plan and execute it and can't have a six-game losing streak like you did last year. You know, you can't be going into the press conferences saying, I didn't come here to run the I-formation when you didn't even give the running game a chance. He said, you know, he once said on Sylvie, Waddle and Sylvie, you know, I'm committed to running the ball, and then they didn't do it. You know, and so he went back on his word. This year, he said in the in press conferences in the offseason, I'm committed to running David Montgomery 20 plus times a game. You get, when you say those kind of things and you put that, you know, you know, words to ink on the newspapers, you got to then go come through with it. And if you don't, people are going to call you out on it. So we'll see what he does.
0: Especially if you don't win. Yeah. Uh, so a few more things. So, Once Jenkins is healthy, the offensive line is, you know, their starters are out there. Do you feel like the offensive line is significantly upgraded or do you still have concerns?
1: Well, that was the other part of my uh, frustration with Nagy the last couple of years. He couldn't identify who should be on the offensive line. You know, two years ago, it was Kyle Long, if you recall, he got in a really bad fight right before the season and he was like swinging his helmet at a player and he threw up all over the field on the practice field. And then five weeks later, they benched him after the Vegas game, uh, not Vegas, the Raiders game in London, he had a terrible showing and they'd said, all right, Kyle, that's it. Well, that was five weeks too long. According to Kyle long, who said that much on a radio show that he shouldn't have been playing anymore. Well, the coaches needed to identify that. Another thing in that season was, James Daniels was the center and Cody Whitehair was moved to guard. Well, Kyle Long said on Waddle and Sylvie's Airwaves, Uh, James Daniels wasn't loud enough to get the call out, didn't have that like boisterous tone that a center needs to have to get your ducks in a row as an offensive line. So they had to switch Cody Whitehair back, but that took them till week 10 to do that. Well, that's your job as a head coach to identify that problem and make that switch before the season falls apart. Then you go to last year, it's the same thing. Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars are sitting on the bench for the whole season. And then and to Juan Castillo's point, when I talked to him the other day, they found something at the end of the season. Well, part of it was Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars, two former Notre Dame Fighting Irish offensive linemen coming in and breathing new life into that offensive line. Well, it took them 12 weeks to get them out there. So – this year, I think Matt Nagy has a head start because Sam Mustifer is your center. You've got Cody White here and James Daniels at the guards position. So he doesn't have to think about where those guys should be. And now he has to just hope that the tackles get healthy so he can, you know, you know what a fed he's gonna bring as a veteran, but also then you gotta groom Jenkins, Tevin Jenkins into being a a, a stalwart left tackle. Can he be that, you know, until he gets healthy, it's impossible to know. Don't be surprised. You know, they brought some camp bodies, offensive linemen in, but don't be surprised when the cuts start happening, if the bears don't bring in a veteran left tackle to fill that position until they know for sure that Tevin Jenkins is healthy and ready to take it because maybe they're going to have to rethink how they're going to throw him into the fire. I think they were going to put him out there right away as opposed to Justin Fields. But now, with him not getting any reps at left tackle, these are precious reps that he'll never get back. You have to have a left tackle you can trust, or else Andy Dalton's going to get hurt week one versus Leonard Floyd and uh, Aaron Donald. And then all of a sudden, Justin Fields has to come in, unless you want to see putrid Nick Foles out there. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But I, if, if I were the Bears, that's something I'd be looking at is – is late camp cuts of veterans that you know what they bring to the table and try to get him in so you can bring Tevin Jenkins along at the same kind of rate you're bringing Justin Fields along in.
0: Defense and Khalil Mack, do you think the defense will, uh, I don't know, kind of maybe get back to the step they were in a couple of years ago? I know last year there were some issues here and there or they didn't quite seem to be the same level of defense that we had seen. So how do you feel about the defense?
1: Yeah, I mean the de- defense looks like they have kind of found a new life, you know, the last couple of years it seemed like they were kind of letting go of the rope and you could you could argue that reason's for that was because the offense was pissing them off so much cuz they're not holding up their end of the bargain, which is something you know Bears fans and players are 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 used to. It's always like that. The offense never holds up their end of the bargain, the defense has to do everything they can to keep the team in games, but that wears on a defensive unit over time. They can't do it forever. So, you know, but that's also an excuse. They got to step up. They have a new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. It'll be interesting to see what his fingerprints are to this defense. I think you'll see a more aggressive defense, you know, scheme wise. I'm not the guy for that. I'm just a fan in the stands. I can't tell you about coverages and, and the, what they're going to do in the 3-4 and things like that. But just as far as mentality, I think Sean Desai is going to try to prove to the players that he's worthy of being a defensive coordinator. He was given that opportunity, and I think the players are going to want to rally behind him because they know he's a rookie defensive coordinator, and they're going to want to give him a good resume you know, and not give him a crappy showing. you know. So I think that there's that. Bilal Nichols... Looks like a monster out there. Reminds me a lot of Tommy Harris when he was, you know, young a young Chicago Bear. I know I know, uh, Bilal Nichols has been here for a few years, but he looks like he's ready to take a jump. They just picked up a linebacker here, uh, Alec Ogletree, who has six interceptions in four days. So I thought that was a nice pickup by Ryan Pace, you know, a guy that can help Danny Trevathan out who's starting to get a little older, a little longer in the tooth, but certainly – a guy that can hold his own Cleo Max, a monster. So he's going to be great as long as he stays healthy as per usual. There's another guy that's been, you know, kind of turning my head at camp. Travis Gibson, this uh, linebacker defensive end, you know, more than a few times the other day, he blew up Larry Borum like five times in a row. And he let out this maniacal joker laugh after each time he got around the corner like he was just letting everyone know that he's winning this battle and he looks like he's got a new mentality coming into this year so you know those guys I think the biggest concern uh for the defense is how the cornerbacks can hold up without Kyle Fuller you know they have some different names that have been here for the last few years uh Kendall Vildor certainly seems like a guy that can be aggressive but You know, they have a rookie, Thomas Graham, you know, who's from Oregon, who's an interesting uh, guy. So cornerbacks probably going to be the biggest concern, how they can handle it. Hopefully the pass rush is getting there quickly and that'll make the corners look even better. Eddie Jackson's been hurt or not, you know, you know, I don't know how hurt, you know, he's been working on the side, but he hasn't been practicing. So. Uh, you know, that's obviously, you know, a concern. I mean, he's a great player, so you know what you're getting from him, but he needs to get back out there. But I think the defense will have a better showing than they did, you know, as we got into the halfway point of last year.
0: So last question, what are your realistic expectations for this team this season?
1: (laughs) I will you know me. Am I realistic? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Am I realistic? Come on now. 20 and 0. let's go. <laughs> Come on now. Realistic. Ah, man, it's too hard for me to be realistic, but I'll try. I mean, you know, eight to ten wins. I mean, that's the easy answer anytime, but that's who the Bears are. I mean, they've what they're eight and eight the last two years, right? And they're slightly better than they were the last two years. I mean, they don't have to deal with the Mitch Trubisky drama anymore. So they get a little more focus in that regard. They have this franchise quarterback that everyone's excited about. They brought in all these new names. Like I said, you know, Marquise Goodwin from San Francisco, Demir Bird. uh, I think he came from New England. You know, obviously Andy Dalton's here. They draft, you know, know, uh, Khalil Herbert on offense. I mean, the defense is pretty much the same names. So, you know, you've got all these guys. You've got uh, Jesse James, a tight end they brought from Pittsburgh, making plays as a third tight end. Cole Komet's going to be in his second year. So it just seems like they're slightly better than they were last year. And so for me, that's why I'm not calling this a developmental year. They made the playoffs last year. I know that it wasn't pretty, but, I mean, now that there's an extra team that makes it in both conferences – Typically that last team isn't having the prettiest year when they make it. That's how it's going to be. So the bears could be right back in that position again. And then maybe they're peaking at the right time instead of last year where everything was kind of like in flux. Maybe this young team makes it in the back door and peaks at the right time and upsets a team. Like they played the saints in the first round last year. Hey, why not? That's the, you know, uh, hopeful, optimistic brags, but that's where my head is at. And it all depends on when Justin Fields starts. You know, if he comes in in week four, like I predict, they have a really good shot at winning 10 games. If Justin Fields doesn't come in till the second half of the season, then it's going to be closer to eight games. You know, I'm not trying to hate on Andy Dalton, but we all know who he is as a quarterback in this league. I, I'd be surprised if he has an Alex Smith type year when he was the placeholder for Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith had a career year that year for the Chiefs, and he'd been with the Chiefs, you know, his whole career, you know, or not his whole career, but for four or five years at that point, he was a a grizzled veteran with that team. Dalton is new to this team. So, you know, the idea that he's going to come in here and have a career year in the way that Alex Smith did and 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 Justin Fields won't see the field at all. I don't believe that for a second. So, you know, I'd put it at 8 to 10, you know, 8, you know, that 8 being if Justin doesn't come in right away, 10 being if he does cuz I think once Justin Fields does come in, you've got a different dimension to this offense that Andy just can't bring with his legs, the RPO stuff and just the dynamic and then also not just all the stuff he brings, you know, obviously on the field, but the But when he comes in, you talk about energy that it's going to send to this fan base, to the team around him. When he comes in, everyone's going to have an extra pep in their step. Everyone's going to be laying out for the deep ball because they all want to be on the Justin Fields highlight reel. So, you know, I think that that's something that will will be a real tangible thing when he comes in. Everyone's going to be fired up and that, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can create momentum for a football team.
0: Braggs, thanks for hopping on. It was awesome to get your perspective and hear all the training camp details. So thanks a lot. Thanks for hopping on.
1: Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me on, man. I always enjoy our conversations. And anytime you want to come back, I, I got to get you on Braggs in the stands yeah, here definitely. at some point. I apologize. We haven't gotten that done yet. And that's my fault. So I always enjoy our conversations a lot. And you're always a, a fun guy to go back and forth with on Twitter. Sometimes I'll be like, some people will be like, what well, you know, cause you're, you've got a dry sense of humor, you know, you're a very dry <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah. I'll have people DM me cause we'll be, Having a fun back and forth, and sometimes people can't understand what we're saying to each other. And I'll have somebody dealing like, What's up with this Will guy? I'm like, Will's just got that sense of humor, man. You gotta keep up with us.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to remember like when that's happened. I mean, I'm sure that has happened, but I'm honestly trying to remember a time where I said something super just like no one would get it except you would get it. I'm trying to remember a time when that would have happened. Recently. That's
1: every day, Will. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I guess you're right, but like what but, but like yesterday, same thing. It wasn't me. It was- the other guy calling you what was it brad i'm like who's brad like what is
1: this (laughs) see and i thought you were doing it tongue in cheek you know and i think that's your touch you know you've got that touch where you just don't know and i like i'm
0: legit like i'm like who's brad but at the same time i was just playing along because i knew it was something probably yeah yeah,
1: 18 hours of everyone calling me brad which was fun i always love having fun interactions with the fans no I get your swerve and I always enjoy it and that's why we've become Twitter buddies maybe one day when you come to Chicago we'll be able to meet in person and we'll shake your hand
0: yeah next year I'm gonna come next year that's the plan but uh, yeah thanks for hopping on uh, we'll we'll do this again soon
1: all right sounds good I'll talk to you on the Twitter sphere Three, two one zero zero, zero. Yeah. zero.